It's the old original Hate Watch. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think now, <laughs> but now I think I feel like I want to see it more. But I don't think it would have it affected me either way. Like the movie was such a good movie on its own. Yeah. So now it just makes me want to see the room to watch it. Going, God. Yeah, it's it's painful. Right. It's like bad. It's like yeah. It's like he was trying to make. I don't know the movie, the disaster, but he's like trying to make a version of what he thought Hollywood was. Right. And it's like the acting is all terrible. Cues are missed all over the place. Um, you know, reactions are just so late and overblown. And I don't know if you saw sex scenes that just go on and on <laughs> and on and on with this crazy jazz music in the back. It's just, it's just like. The war, and, and, and sex scenes take place like right in the middle of something. Where, oh, we're we're in that now? And then it's like, oh, it's still going? <laughs> I think PA goes out of the room, comes back. It's still, it's still <laughs> happening. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, why? and then you know, but you know why? It's like, because that's what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted a sex scene with him and like this woman forever and showing him, all of him. And it's like, yeah, I don't. I don't know what this... This doesn't move the story yeah. at all. Not as much of one, but it's... Just well, like, I think that's what it was, is he was... Like we talked about, I think, before, is like gaming the system. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I know what Hollywood movies are supposed to have, but without knowing the details. Like, oh, you need a sex scene. Yeah. You need this fight yeah, Exactly, exactly. He's just But like he wasn't putting, putting them together. Yeah. Like, it was just sort of like, you need all this stuff to make a Hollywood movie, but without realizing he didn't have all the connecting pieces and the story right. and the flow. It was just like... Sex scene check. Like he just watched a movie and went, "Oh, I need this, this, this," and that's it. You know, I mean, which is I don't know how it is if he has that sort of childlike ambition to like, "Oh, that's what I really want to do," even though he's not going to take the time to really hone and craft or yeah. anything. He's just gonna, "Oh wow, it's always been a dream of mine to do this. I'm going to sell five million dollars worth of counterfeit jeans." I don't know how they portrayed it in the movie, but however I got to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna. That's not part yeah. Of- yeah, they didn't talk about that at oh, all. Really? Yeah. Huh. I wonder if. Yeah, so that's the story that, that they're like, how did he get the money? Because he's, he's nobody. So they're like, how did he get the money for this? And so the prevailing story is that he got, he sold counterfeit jeans. I don't know what those are, but he sold counterfeit jeans, I think, overseas, mm-hmm. where he's from, and uh, and got five million bucks. No, he's and, from New Orleans. Right. I mean, he's from the when I say overseas, I mean bayou. the Gulf of Mexico. The Bayou. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That is the best, though. He keeps saying that, too. No, I'm from New Orleans. And the way he says, like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Post-Apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. Yes, go see The Disaster Artist. Overall, just go see it. Award season is here. Go see it. Vote for it. I haven't seen it, but it's from what you talk about, Rob. It's it's amazing. I mean, I, I, I really want to go see it anyway, but. You know, after hearing you talk about it, it's... It's just, I think what it is, it's a solid movie about making movies. And that's, cool. I mean, overall, even though it's a terrible film, the making of it is still sort of like, oh my God, how did this get made? Yeah. And then, in theory, I don't even still know how it hit that cult status. Because they show in the movie, like them playing the movie for people. And it's ridiculous, kind of how probably all the audiences here in... um LA, you know, it's kind of like that uh, Rocky Horror show. Like, you go and you're just making fun of it as you go, but I don't know how it got to that point. Like, even though if you're putting the movie, if you're fronting the movie, and you're putting it in theaters, it's like, why are people, how does the word of mouth in 
2005 about seeing that movie in LA. Yeah, I I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I remember it may have been like a Facebook post or something from a friend that I went to film school with way back when. I guess when it was either out or like been out for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and he's talking about the room and and I think he it was him and Tommy uh was uh was the, they had like a, a picture together. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, I got a picture with Tommy from the room. I'm like, what? What is the room, and who yeah. is Tommy? And this is a friend who actually works today, and you know, it's a sitcom writer now, but and a comedian. But it's like, so I respected him. Like, he's yeah. a really good writer, really good comedic writer. Um, so when he's like, yeah, this is, I was like, oh, if he's if Josh is doing it, then yeah. I should check this room out. Like, yeah. what is the room about? And then, <clears throat> like. He writes very funny, short, quippy comments, and mm-hmm. if, if it's a snide comment, but so he was just talking about how awful <laughs> the movie was. Um, so I figured, okay, it's bad, and then so I asked around, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the room. You got to see the room. It's like maybe the worst movie ever made." And so um, I never saw it in a theater because it it did. I don't know about now, maybe. There's still resurgent. midnight showing. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. So the for year for like 15 years or whatever, there's like been um, these showings, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes I would go to the theater, like on uh, one on Sunset, the uh, Sunset Five, Five. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd go in there, and sometimes you know there'd be the room poster. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the room, and it was like the poster's terrible. So I'm like, it's gotta be what what is this movie, and why is it always here? Yeah. And one day, yeah, and someone had a copy of it, and um, we were down in post and waiting around, so we decided to pop it in, and man, this thing is just, it's more terrible than you thought, because you thought, oh, okay, it's a bad movie, I kind of know, but it's just really awful, and, um, you know, you go, well, okay, yeah, it's bad, but why is it such a cult classic? I don't don't know. I don't know the, the... the origin of that i don't know specifically that because there are other bad movies out there obviously but you know i think it's just him i think it's just tommy and his whole i know it's a story but just him on camera is like but his like you just look like you don't even have to hear him talk you can just look at him Mm -hmm. his makeup his the construction of his face the uh the hair i mean every the the wardrobe everything says i'm trying and i'm trying too hard you know the accent and everything just kills it that's a real american accent right of course (laughs) (laughs) it's just like what is this you know the music is really really bad um i should say the music is maybe not bad on or something but it's like not right for it's like uh it's like music is well orchestrated i guess but it's just not in the it's right not, spot. Yeah, you know, you know what it, it's like soap opera music. Oh, okay. Basically, and so it's like, oh, okay, so we're kind of, and that's kind of what he wants you to see, like a, a soap opera, but it's like an over the top in terms of acting mm-hmm. at at every single level. You know, there's no orchestration for acting. I mean, it's no real direction, but it's like, wow, it's just everything is so. <laughs> You know, like someone could burn. I don't know. There's not a scene in there, but someone can burn the toast. No, you're killing me, Lisa. Yeah. And you're like, what? Just pop why? another piece of bread in. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's 
it's terrible. And then like by 45 minutes in, you're like, why am I still watching? But you can't take your, yeah. your eyes off of it. So um, he did something right. Like there's something right about that then almost where it's so bad, but you are compelled to keep going. Cause I've seen enough bad movies where it's like, right. yeah, no, I'm done. You know, you just turn it off. You're like, yeah, I'm done. No, no. I mean, it's like, you know, that whole saying it's so bad. It's good. Um, I think it's probably because the look of it, it's it's that thing. There's just everything's bad. Because sometimes there's a bad movie where you're like, oh, they had good sets. They had good locations. It's just not a good movie. Where yeah. this is just everything is bad. So yeah. you're just sort of like, is this real? Like, I think maybe you're just watching it going, is someone joking me? Like, are we? So, yeah, it's something like that. And it's not, not consistently mm-hmm. bad enough for you to turn it off. Yeah. You know, where you go, oh, I kind of know this world. I kind of know this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm going. Every scene could be something new and terrible. So it's like, oh, wow. What was that? And then you go to something else. You go, oh, what was that? Yeah. Oh, he died. Oh. oh. How? Why? You know, so it's. It's a constant struggle of, you know, um, just your, uh, first of all, you have to throw out your uh, sense of disbelief. Right. You know, and just go in knowing that you're in for this type of ride. Right. I don't know if someone went, hey, have you over, have you and Angel over for, uh, you know, dinner? And then like, hey, let me pop this in. And you didn't know what it was. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way you should <laughs> look at it. You should probably just go in and knowing. Yeah. Power through. This is what it is. But, you know. And there's quotables in it. You know? Like, and oh, how, hi, Mark. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, how. Uh-huh. <laughs> you doing how, voice. how mad were you <clears throat> when you watched it as a film student? Okay. And, <laughs> wow. Like, you read my mind. <laughs> so, yes, that was my next point. This is getting scary now, you and I. Um, <laughs> as a film student, I was just like, a former film student, I was like, ah, and this got made. And then, you know, that whole thing where you go to a Q&A, and I've been to plenty of them, where uh, there's an independent filmmaker who just made a movie, and it's pretty good. The first question is, you know, what was your budget? How'd you raise the money? Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, how did this get made? Where was the, did the money come from? I mean, this is like terrible like who's funding this yeah and you go i do some research and it's like the whole story i don't think anybody knows how he funded it but the telling you the prevailing story is like he sold counterfeit jeans which every time i say it i'm like but i don't even know what that how do you make enough money like selling counterfeit jeans and making clerks that makes sense because that movie was twenty seven thousand dollars. so i could see all right i got a shipment of fake jeans which i still don't know what that is yeah i still don't yeah then somehow and sold them in Europe, I don't. It just seems like what a weird story because it's not the fifties. Like, oh, we snuck these jeans into a country that's not allowed to have American jeans. It's like he so supposedly made this in what the nineties and two thousands to sell yeah. imported jeans. Like, and maybe maybe it's you know jeans that you know say yes or say yeah. whatever, and they're just, just, they're not you right. know. And but I don't know. I mean, you can go down. You know, uh, downtown LA and buy a bunch of counterfeit Gucci, yeah. whatever, and sell it all day. I don't know if you come up with five million bucks. But I still feel like that's still made downtown, though. There's some weird factory someone rented out making fake Gucci's. 
Yeah. You know, like him selling them overseas or something that, that seems like a lot of extra work. It, it does. And, and it's, it's one of those stories where you're like, uh, yeah, I don't know, five million. Yeah. It's like if I were making like actual jeans like that, I don't know if I'd make five million bucks in the amount of time that he. I feel like even if you stole a cargo truck full of le- real Levi's, right. you're going to make five million dollars. You're going to make five million dollars. Yeah, I don't think like if you say like there was a shipment truck that you you stole Fast yeah. and the Furious style. Sure, um, absolutely. Yeah. And then it was like, great, now I'm going to sell these uh, real Levi's overseas. You're not making five million dollars. No, no, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like what? Okay, I was like, okay, we'll take that. Yeah. I mean, look at the movie. Of course, there's going to be stories like that. Yeah. You know, why not? Why not have the story? It's not going to be like, oh, you know, I really worked hard and invested, and yeah. it's kind of boring. So. Well, I guess, too, and it's like, you know, when you're Eisner's kid, that was a Breck Eisner or something. It's like, where'd you get? Oh, yeah, I, I know where you one source. Yeah. Yeah. One check. I mean, I guess if you're at that Q&A. Hey, how'd you? Oh, yeah. Never mind. I know who your dad is. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You don't even ask. Or Sting's kid. You know, these yeah. are the USC kids who uh, got, you know, a million bucks for their short films. <laughs> So the lore goes. Yeah, but as a film, as a former film student, I was just so mad. It's like, <laughs> how is this possible? But then there's part of you who goes, oh, okay, I, I can do it. Like, this gives me encouragement. If this can get made, yeah, I'm not selling counterfeit jeans, but if this, yeah. this can get made, then I have, there's hope for me. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a uh, this movie that came out in... Uh, I was in film school. And I used to tell a friend of mine. I sh- I showed her the poster. It was mm. I think the sh- uh, movie's called Three Strikes. Okay. And it was directed by uh, DJ Pooh. Oh, of course. Um, my favorite of all DJs. Absolutely. And he directed uh, some other stuff. And I was like, how is he directing? I guess he's a rapper. Like he directed. Uh, he was in that movie. The Wash with Snoop and oh, and Dr. Dre, Dre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was in that. He was was he? He might have been one of the um, uh, criminals, bumbling criminals who were trying to rob the the place, right? So he directed it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and then the posters, like you know, forget the guy's name, but he's just like this is the most terrible poster. <laughs> and I kept showing her like to give her encouragement for both. I was like, look, this- DJ Pooh is yeah. making movies. <laughs> We can do it. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. unless his real name is, you know, James Eisner, right. DJ Pooh is not. <laughs> I can guarantee you it's not James Eisner. Uh, yeah, so, well, I guess DJ Pooh did write a lot, though. He wrote Friday. Right. And, in 95, so that gave him the movie, the money to make Three Strikes in right. 2000. No, and and I know like <laughs> no one's just gonna hand DJ Pooh this, but like yeah. it was, I, I saw three strikes. Three strikes was no Friday. Okay. So, um, why did I even see three three strikes? But um, you were so mad at it, the poster. It, it might have been a cable <laughs> or something, and I was like, "What is this?" Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, him holding up with the the cuffs. God, I remember. I don't know if I saw it, but I remember that really well. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just like I saw the post and I was just immediately offended. Like, oh, <laughs> you got to be kidding me! Yeah, I don't want to dump on DJ Pooh, but it's like DJ Pooh's like, I made yeah. a movie. 
Oh. And I'm thinking, you know, with all the mounting student <laughs> debt, it's yeah. like, I don't think DJ Pooh went through this. And yeah. he's making movies. It's like, <laughs> what's going on? I, that's why I was just uh, curious on that aspect because you see it and you're like, well, then there's no reason for me to do it. But there, it's always just that weird. There's those anomalies. Like, there is always going to be the Tommy anomaly, you know, with that movie. Totally. And But thing is, though, it's not like after that he got the Marvel film. Like, some of these people that seem to be doing these, like, small independents. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, here's Avengers 3. Wait, what? I, I just made a $3 million movie. You got it. Tommy Wiseau's <laughs> Avengers. Th- now, I definitely will be in for that one. Oh, but, but one thing happened that I guess even today it might not because there's so much saturation with so much content, so much everything. Um, everyone has phones with right. tons of things. Is that he bought a lot of uh, billboards. Mm-hmm. So you'd go around L.A. and you'd see a bunch of the room billboards. Again, terrible poster terrible billboard but it was enough to like put that in your memory just like like the angeline yeah. billboards and so and that's the thing it was like we i remember driving around always seeing the room thing going what is that, is that yeah, but yeah. i never like because at first you didn't know it was a movie yeah so you're like all right scientology sorry any scientologists but it, honestly you just weren't sure kind of a little off yeah and then it just you kept seeing them and not a lot it wasn't like it was saturation in the fact that you saw it every day, but it wasn't like there were 400 billboards. No, no, right. There was just enough where you saw it. And then eventually, I think one time I was actually at a stop, looked up going, oh, it's a movie. All right, it must be coming out. And then just never. Just no, always, it just kept. Yeah. And pre going to automatically being online all day just for doing work. It's not. Oh, yeah, I should look up the room. Like that was probably a state where it's like I had a computer in front of me even in 2004. I wasn't always on it looking at that type of stuff, you know? So it's like, it was never in my mind to go, I should research the room. And then I guess I wasn't <coughs> working with people that are like, you have to go see the room at midnight. Right. You know? Right. Uh, yeah, I wasn't either, but it's like, who are those? There were people who, were, like you said, it's a cult playing him. Like I said, a friend of mine who went to film school with, but for the factor of it's just being a terrible... Uh, awful movie it's just hilarious yeah. in that respect but um other people knowing about it but necess- not necessarily going to see it do you think they talk about it at film school now like not like here here's a tommy class but it's look anyone can know. do this to a degree i think mm-hmm. they talk about a lot of stuff in film school and it's part of the the uh pop culture landscape now mm-hmm. so i think so i think especially after uh franco you know, gives his treatment in this movie. Yeah. He's definitely going to be, and in the class is probably going to be taught by Franco because yeah, he teaches exactly. at four different universities, Acro- all across the states. Yeah, while writing, directing, and making soap operas and teaching acting classes. So I don't know how he gets anywhere, but he has a class everywhere. He does. Do, <laughs> I'd love like an online class with Franco as Tommy as Franco. Yeah, um, he's just got he's like skyping four different lessons. So like you're like four different classes, <laughs> as he's like half, half asleep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 just a really terrible movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's soft. It you know, it's like like I said, the music doesn't help because it just feels like oh, it's it because we were watching it in the daytime, so it just felt like daytime television with the music, <laughs> and it's like yeah, because if you were to walk in, you'd be like, all right, what is passions? 
yeah, you know, some yeah. sort of soap <laughs> opera or something. <laughs> yeah, it passions. Passions was like a, maybe twenty levels above the you know what this was. Passions was awesome, but this was like kind of passions esque. Yeah. a little bit. I would say, yeah, yeah. We all got obsessed uh, when we were working on Bernie Mac. Uh, passion shot right across from us on three different stages um yeah you know, over on um the gower or redford and for some reason we got their feed like on lots you can get feed sometimes stage feed yeah. and for some reason they didn't block it so we were flipping around on just basic cable and all of a sudden was like what's this oh it's passions how hilarious we stopped because the one scene was a monkey throwing hot dogs into a <laughs> into a pit for a girl that was stuck in the pit and we're like all right, we need to see what's going on here. Yeah. So then all of a sudden be like, cut, reset, and they're talking, and you're just watching this monkey, and they're throwing. We're like, what's going on? <laughs> and then so we started to, because they were on like a two-week cycle, all of a sudden we would turn on Passions like at two, yeah. trying to get to that scene so it would make sense. Yeah. And then so we started watching them film Passions, and then we were watching Passions because we are like, how is this getting made? It was and at one point, we realized after, I think, a month or two of watching, they were still in day one. Wow. The day one of Passions, like in their world. Right. Because all of a sudden, I think about, like, it might have been two weeks, and it's like, look, she's been missing for two hours now. And we're like, what? <laughs> We've been watched for two months. I We saw her taken, thrown in the pit by a witch, you, you know, as you do. Yeah, and then absolutely. the monkey was feeding her hot dogs because American movie. And wow! so we just kept watching, just like, who's watching this? Yeah. I mean, we are. Like, <laughs> how is Because it was like, what, a soap, like a mock soap opera It or was, something? but not, it was like a serious version. It was a serious mock of a soap opera because there wasn't, like, if you're going to make a parody of it, you're going to wink to the camera a lot more. Yeah. So this was like, we're going to take our mock seriously. So... Everyone's going to be sleeping with everyone, but we're going to have a witch that kidnaps this girl because of this guy. And you're like, okay. But then eventually it sort of felt like it was taking itself seriously as opposed to being yeah. a, a parody of it. Because then it was also on the daytime block. So it's not like a parody of a soap opera right. that's at night. This was, no, we're daily show. And they different, used to cut in the next room and just deliver. It was fantastic. Different, uh, different audience they're looking for, I guess. Was it you told me that they, when they audition actors, they would cast the worst actor instead of... Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah. I didn't hear that, but I am 100% sure because everyone, uh, we always, I think we were calling them like walking thumbs because they were just <laughs> like these blank people that just sort of said stuff. And there was one guy who didn't wear a shirt the whole time. Just inexplic inexplicably. Yeah. It was just like, why doesn't he have a... like? And he was like at a party. <clears throat> Everyone else was dressed up, and he showed up without a shirt on. We're like, is this a thing? I don't know what's happening. Did anyone make mention of the fact that it no. was just like... No, he just didn't have a shirt on. And <laughs> and then we never knew where anyone was because some scenes were happening at like a uh, like a resort. Then there was the witch with the pit, and then there was the house. Yeah. And we never knew how anyone connected. And the way soap operas are, especially this one, two-minute scene, two-minute scene, two-minute mm -hmm. scene. And you're just like... Where And they would go through all 10, cycle back to the first one, go through their 10, and cycle back. And you're just like, I don't know what the story is. I don't know. When's, I just want to see the witch. Oh, oh, I just want to see the uh, monkey throwing hot dogs again. Right. <laughs> and then there were, like, 
there was like a segment segment like a commercial to commercial uh fetishist dream sequence of the orangutan nurse oh right like oh. there'd be like a dream sequence of like a romantic i kind of uh, remember that like, yeah. like was it the nurse taking care of an old woman or something yes and and she was like she would go into these dreams about her and the orangutan nurse and how they would run off into the sunset or how you know the nurse was taking care of her the monkey, monkey was, nurse was taking monkey nurse oh monkey nurse her. i think that i want to make that movie and she was like <laughs> what it would be like to really have a relationship like a romantic relationship with the monkey nurse but it went the whole segment like that was the whole oh, segment i vaguely oh, remember the monkey in a nurse's outfit but i don't yeah that was it was like you know those the 80s like uh uh vignetting of the you know uh clouds and stuff. oh yeah and it's like yeah, that like vaseline on the yeah lens type it's of like, look. oh it's, you know, it's like what and you know the music was very you know romantic and it's yeah. like this is just not uh, maybe tommy is watching passions that's probably what it was this is american soap opera <laughs> and you're like no you're watching the wrong one <laughs> how about tommy directing a passions twin peaks mashup he would be good for a twin peaks-esque show but don't give him full control right <laughs> like just, you almost just want him just off enough the cuff. to yeah no i want this over here that's weird do it yeah but yeah it is weird that he never really went past that because the movie alludes to the fact that he does have money but Mm. i guess he did it and then got the fame because of what it was embraced it and just let that be his his life now yeah he's like ah, i'm good because i don't think he ever really wanted to make films because in it he was more of an actor he thought he was a you know an actor was he like? Was he an actor, like going to acting school and just wanted? The, there was, uh, there's one or two scenes uh, where they he was in an acting class. Yeah, that's yeah. where he meets okay. other Franco. Got you. So I thought, yeah, that's what I thought. He was like in an acting class at one time. Yeah. Something. Okay. So it's just him and his long hair and his belts. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it it's yeah, it's that fascinating thing. So that's why I was curious about that because. I imagine everything in film school studied to a degree because it has to be now. Like you're saying, because when you were going, that made sense to show here's the Mechas's short, like we talked about before. Here are all these other famous. Now it's like, I don't even know if that would have the impact as it would now. It's like, oh, here's Mech, eh, whatever. I saw the room. You know, because there's so much content, like you're yeah. saying, where if you're in film school at a certain time, these are things you couldn't see. And you were only fed before, or like streaming. Like, you only saw the movies at the theater. And, yeah, there was a bad one here and there. So, But you're only thinking Zemeckis as Zemeckis. And they're like, oh, right. here's a short. And you're like, oh, my God, I could do this. Right. Now you see everything. It's like, I feel like anyone can just, like, watch anything just going, yeah, I could do that. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think people do. That's why we have, like, <laughs> YouTube. Um, and Three Strikes. And Three Strikes. It's just like, <laughs> sure. It's like it was a major motion picture with, like uh, – print and advertise it was like every it was like this movie and i was like well benefit of the doubt maybe it's maybe it's good and then you yeah. see it and you're like mm, okay um way to go dj poo but <laughs> DJ, like shout out to dj poo it's like it's great great yeah. for him to, to to do that i mean obviously friday was a huge success uh still is and um he got 
three strikes from that. I'm sure he didn't get a lot of money, but yeah. it's like, but but I'm sure he made the movie that he wanted to make. You know, but did he choose that poster though? Anyone just look up that poster uh, that I three strikes. It's uh, not that it's not the worst poster I've seen, but right. I don't know what that tells me. When it, I see that's the, the thing. Yeah. It just didn't tell me anything, yeah. and it was just like even seeing the movie, I was like, that's not really. A, good representation of what it is and his expression i think that's why i showed my friend valerie the um the poster because his expression was just like it was just like it's like not like i okay i want to go see that movie you know it's like scars run deep with john in this movie (laughs) well it's it was just like do better yeah you know, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of money to just do better, to yeah. just come up with a different design or, or something. It's like almost like you had a bulletin board of ideas, and yeah. I guarantee you this was probably one of the worst. And it could have been one of those things where, oh, I like the idea of cuffs because it's the three strikes, and then they just designed it. They laid it out weird. Yeah. And then they used, well, we like him holding his thing, but let's put a funny face on it so we know it's a super comedy. Yeah. And then put him here and him, this person. And it those weird posters that look photoshop um i.e look at Corey's album <laughs> the uh his new album like it, that's so photoshopped it's just oh, so it? like in the sense of you can do better it's something i would do as a joke you know in the office like when marshall and i worked together i was just would do random stuff with us yeah I'd put our heads but i wasn't trying to like sell what i was doing it was like oh this is funny and it's mostly for marshall yeah like oh this made me no, laugh so totally but uh then there's that level of like you spent money on this poster. You said this was representing you, you know? right? And this, this is this is there was a a, a team behind it. You yeah. know, there's design team. Yeah. You know, they didn't. He didn't design himself. You know, I'm sure the studio was like, okay, we have our graphic design uh, department, and they're gonna put together the poster. He'll probably have to approve it. But do they lay out all of them? He's like, yeah, that's the one, yeah. number three. Exactly. <laughs> it's like. Uh, three strikes um <laughs> all right with that that's it that's our show then yeah <laughs> it doesn't even go in just like whatever number three is yeah oh <laughs> it's the worst one they just reorganize <clears throat> whatever you do just show them the best thing is number three yeah he's really hyped on this three strikes <laughs> thing he does three takes he's done just i know it all in um yeah that's what always fascinated me like being at like um target or even video stores when they existed like those straight to video ones where you can tell they mm-hmm. made a poster like that's so and so's knocked their head like on that body you know they just sort of clip art no I, I, those are always oh they're just the best absolutely you go in there oh wow this is so terrible or the ones that found a release because one of the stars you know made it big it's like oh matthew mcconaughey is a star we have that movie sitting on the shelf so they just put him in it yeah. he's only in the movie for like one scene as an extra but his post, his face is on the box. It's like Matthew, and his name is big. Yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll watch this, and the whole time you're watching, where is he? This movie yeah. is terrible. You see that one throwaway scene that he's in? It's an edit. It's a. It was on the cutting. It room was. Yeah, they put in. They didn't even color correct it exactly. or anything. It's like, oh, we just put that in there. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, all right, and it just doesn't make sense. It's yeah, like, okay. they just put a current voice of him saying that over his yeah. line. It's like, oh, we got him. <laughs> it's like overdubbed. Yeah, how many movies do you think – I was thinking about this because they always talk about those movies that sit on the shelves because I think um, Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure, I believe, sat on the shelf for two years before it was released. Really? Something like that. It, it, I believe that was it because I think I remember when they, it was coming out, hmm. they were talking about, you know, oh, this movie had been sitting on the shelf. Like, are there 
80s movies sitting on some shelf in a vault? Because now it seems like anything can sit on a shelf because so much content. But in the 80s, like, is there one's like, yeah, we don't know what to do with this. Obviously, if it's someone famous in it, it would be out right now. Right. But do you, how much how much content is sitting on shelves unseen? I'm sure that's not starring Kevin Spacey currently right now. <laughs> Replaced by Christopher Plummer. Yeah. I I think there's probably a fair amount, mm. but I think my whole thing is like the reasons behind putting something on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, I think back then you could do more we don't know what to do with this type of thing. Yeah, because there wasn't Netflix. There wasn't, I mean, the video store market, but there wasn't a lot of straight to videos at that time. Like, you know. Right. It, and the philosophy was different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we don't know what to do with this. We don't know how to market this. Well, let's put it on the shelf. Let's 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 take a minute and mm-hmm. see what we're doing. Uh, one of my, and I just say that because one of my mentors uh, who sort of ran CBS back in the 80s, um, he talked about the fact that the networks kind of let you keep a show in the air to find an audience back then, mm-hmm. you know, um, it wasn't, yeah, it was about the bottom line, but it was more about like, let's try to, let's try to cultivate an audience and try to, you know, generate an audience. And a lot of the all time highest rated shows were terrible mm-hmm. ratings wise in the beginning. And then they just generated an audience. Um, now if I'm spending millions of dollars on a film, and I shelve it. It's going to be because, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey kind of thing, yeah. or maybe it's about like school shootings or something. Yeah. And there's something there's more something to it. Came yeah. out. But it's 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 going to be like we can't justify just putting something that costs so much money on the shelf. We're going to find a way to mm. get it out there, be it Netflix, so foreign rights, or mm. do something. Because um, you got to try to recoup that that money right it's all about the bottom line well now. yeah because like uh we were talking i think two ago about that hunter's prayer with sam worthington and then uh, directed by that jonathan mostow that did terminator mm-hmm. like that just made streaming that could have sat on the shelf because it was just okay but like you're saying now it's like oh we have a hundred markets now yeah then it was just sort of well we could sell this overseas but then we still have to make prints and then it was just sort of a all right we all screened it we don't know. And maybe there were no stars. There's probably a lot that just never had the star power. So they're like, well, we don't know. And, just yeah. put, you know, I'd just be curious to see, like, what's on shelves. That no, are, absolutely. You know, are ones that aren't, you know, look, we have a red section. That's the ones of, you know, like school shootings, the like Kevin Spacey, the ones where it's like, we'll probably never touch these. And there's right. got to be some that we're like, oh, yeah, after 20 years, we just... We don't even know what that is. We never, it's like, why even, at that point, then why even try to recoup money? Eh, it's already been sitting on the shelf. Like, what yeah. are we going to get out of it? And you just kind of hope maybe you go through it going, oh, my God, someone's in that now. Like Matthew McConaughey. We can sell it for streaming, you know? No, totally. Um, I mean, yeah, I wonder if there's like a, not necessarily just a celebrity in it, but like a gem uh, yeah. of something that you go, oh, wow, that's a pretty good 80s movie. But it's probably, you know, like a pretty good movie, like a, Another John Hughes movie that just yeah. sat on the shelf. Yeah. Um, or someone that did one cast. It was just like, yeah, it's yeah. okay, but we don't really want to spend money on print and advertising. We just don't think it's going to hit. And that was before. It's like, well, we don't want to wait till next year. And we only have this window. Now they'll just release 20 films, you know, Wednesday and Friday. Right. That was when it's like, ah, uh, well, we already have a movie this Friday. We'll put out two. No, yeah. just one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all about scheduling and, yeah. and what, not only your movie, but what is it up against and 
what time of year and I mean there's a lot that goes into it but I I just never figured out why you would go or how you would go and green light a movie put your full studio backing behind it yeah make it edit everything that has to happen and then go eh, I don't know we'll just shelve it and we it's like put the, it out it's a a more expensive pilot yeah because I mean we've both been on the pilots where they're great and they don't get picked up they're mediocre they get picked up or they're just terrible and they get shelved and then they're yeah the ones that are just like that was okay and they're just like we just don't know what to do with it so no pickup but it's so different though a feature i mean you're shooting anywhere from 30 to 60 days and you're putting a lot more money even 80s money yeah. into it or something like that and then all of a sudden it's like yeah we're lukewarm i mean i'm sure there's some that they're like wow it's yeah. like room level. Yeah, path. yeah, exactly. I mean, like, obviously those you, you you can't. And they're like, we circulate this one once a year because we can't believe we made it. Right, but it sits <laughs> on the shelf. Right. Yeah. I mean, because I guess you know you buy a script and you hire everyone and you shoot and you never know. Yeah. If it's going to turn out good or not. Yeah. Um But you hope that every time you spend that money that it is. And the ones that are lukewarm, even, I mean. You kind of put it out there. I mean, you don't want to be like the studio known as the studio that puts out, you know, crap. Yeah. But, you know. Well, and that could be the thing, too. Look, we're coming off a, a bad movie. We need to make sure the next one is tested well. So, right. I mean, that could be that. You could just be the Fallout movie. Like, you got shelled because something didn't work before you. Right. You know, it's like, look, we had a movie that was teen-based, similar, didn't do well. And then that, but that's also weird thinking, thinking that next one's going to be bad. You know, just, yeah. oh, well, we have one that's, oh, that'll be bad too. No, not really. Well, we already have a team. Oh, okay. Um, it, it doesn't, you know, there's. What? No, what? Is it loud? Oh, at that windows is fine. It's it's part of the whole thing. It's atmosphere. <laughs> it's room tone, as we like to say. Room in the um, But would you, I would love to, I, I just wonder if you could go in and the legality of either buying them just going look we want to clear your shelves like do you think some company could go in there and just go we'll whatever is on the shelf that isn't some director or that you know some pedophilia or some sort of school shooting movie the right. ones we just want the green shelf like, yeah go in I, there, it's like we'd like to clear your shelf we'd like to buy give us 10 the green shelf it, there's a movie oh, um <laughs> absolutely i think that you know it, money talks so yeah, yeah you can definitely go in have the apparatus to screen these movies yeah. like say netflix or something and go and say we want to screen your movies that were shelved yeah. what's in your inventory and just see if you can uh, get some of that catalog um subdo it on netflix have a little extra box from the shelf hey. and then you just click it and it's like we don't know good luck and it's just on random you click it and it's like you're watching this oh my god i like that yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, fees and all. I mean, yeah, I think that you could. You yeah, because yeah, then, but it seemed like a lot of it would be, I guess you would just be paying for the finishing almost, like in the dubs. Because I feel like most of the actors, unless it starts getting into home video, then it is a residual thing. Yeah. And there's some actors sitting at home going, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, you have to wade through all that legal stuff, but um, I think so. At least license them for a yeah. while and put them on Netflix just so that, you know, in an effort to say we want a, these films to have you know, some eyeballs. Yeah. So um, we'll do that. Because at that point, how much would, would even be lost from, say, like Paramount or something, that, or even Universal? Hey, we've shelved, we have 30 films from the last 
you know, from 80 to 95. Great. Just print them. Put them somewhere. I mean, you're not losing anything. No, because what are they going to do sitting? I mean, I don't know, but what are they, excuse me, what are they going to do sitting on the shelf? Yeah. And what if you have some <clears throat> weird breakout hit? What a cool story. This was sitting on the shelf. Never know. You know? Because, I mean, that's why February exists. or Well, January exists <laughs> in the release because they release everything no one cares about. Yeah. February is the, we're not sure what to do with it. Maybe it'll stick. And then summer basically starts in March now. Right, right. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a great idea. I mean, uh, I hadn't really thought about what they have on the shelves. And in, in thinking about it, yeah, they probably have quite a quite a bit, you know. And certain things like... Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like now, looking back on it, you go, why was that sitting on the yeah. shelf? But yeah. then if it was, because it came out, I believe, in 89 or... Yeah. 89. So that means in 87, they're probably like what they were watching it going, we don't know. And then eventually maybe something came out. Oh, we have a movie like that. Digging through the shelf. <laughs> probably. <clears throat> I think there were a lot of teen movies. Yeah. Obviously in 87, 80. No. I mean, so maybe they thought the market was... Well, maybe to 87, it probably felt too close to, oh, this feels like a bad Back to the Future, you know, because 85 was Back to the Future. They greenlit this, got it made in 87, and they're like, nah, I don't know, because now that Back to the Future 2 is coming out. Or maybe Back to the Future 2 came out and they went, we have a time-traveling teen movie. Yeah, just put it out, see what happens. And then, like, it takes, you know, it catches on. Um Wow, I I wonder if they have like a Bill and, a Bill and Ted that they just shelved indefinitely. Yeah, something that's oh my god, this is really good. There's got to be things that are good that they just didn't know what to do. With. Well, I imagine that's the '80s, like the '80s, maybe '70s and '80s probably had good ones they just didn't know what to do with. '90s got shelved because they had too much. Look, we just released 18 films, and the 2000s have to just be terrible, right? Because the mat- imagine imagine you're a studio now in 2017 and you have a movie on the shelf. How bad is it that you couldn't even yes, get put it Hulu, out, open Amazon, and close it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, wow, we can't. Should we just put it on YouTube for free? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and not mention our studio? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's got to be. I think it's got to be terrible. I think that they, they try to clear their shelves mm-hmm. for, you know, making content is easy for uh youtubers with the with a phone but for studios it's a lot of money yeah. and to leave that that film on the shelf represents millions of dollars just kind of wasted yeah so you got to try to make something out of it and like the people that run these studios aren't you know um creative people they're business people yeah. so it's like we got to find a way to get our you know get our money yeah so it's i can't see something that's okay sitting on the shelf yeah it's like it's, it's got to be like terrible do you think uh sci-fi that has that you know, makes all like the sharknado movies have a movie on the shelf this one's bad like do you do Ooh. could they even have a one where they're like this is so bad we don't know what to do with it but i feel like they would just release it as a joke i don't i don't know i i, I don't know if the the content that's on sci-fi like the sharknado yeah. stuff it's like i can it be like how bad <laughs> Like, so can it be bad? I look, don't know. We, we have a good one that's like, ooh, yeah, we missed the mark on maybe, this. Like, yeah, maybe if it's like good and you're engaged, you're yeah. like, okay, we did something wrong. Yeah. What did we do here? We hired the wrong director. He actually cares. No. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's, 
it's one of those things. There's so many different facets of filmmaking. You, no. know? you go from Sharknado to uh, Schindler's List. It sounds like a book or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's there's different parts of it. Like you can go into the world of a Sharknado yeah. and being kind of encouraged to make it as ridiculous and cheesy and mm-hmm. bad as humanly possible. Yeah. And the more you do that, because that's our brand. Yeah. The more you do it. Yeah, because we did something ridiculous. You loved it. We just keep getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah. And then people get hyped up for, you know, shark to puss and mega shark and whatever other shark, you know, yeah. movies they come out with. There's a wit, wit shark, you know, yeah. throws hot dogs at the, you know. Yeah. Oh, I would see <laughs> Hot dog shark. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's just, so there's, there is a market, I mean, just with, people always talk about like foreign rights and overseas rights. It's, Say that because there's just some literally pretty much a market for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not the whole American drama so much overseas, but um, or even sometimes comedy, but like obviously action. But if you do like ridiculous stuff like Sharknado, yeah, like definitely going to be eaten up. No pun intended. Yeah. Overseas, yeah. Um, you know, they'd love that stuff, you know, so it's like. That's why you see a lot of stuff where you go, you go into back when they existed, video store, yeah. and you see like Sharknado or, you know, the giant tree eats Manhattan or yeah. whatever. It's like those things will really sell overseas. And, you know, they'll have a cult following here, but like. It's because you can easily subtitle it. or dub them mm-hmm. because it's not a big story point. Because you don't have to worry about exact translation to get the nuance of some sort of murder mystery. Right. You know, this is just sharknado yeah and how it's just, well do your subtitles need to be yeah and it's just like oh wow this is a fun thing it's a shark just yeah going off you know but <laughs> it's like sure yeah it's like, uh, why not yeah and it's like, oh it's a real hollywood movie yeah you know it's <laughs> barely. Like, barely do you think uh like vivid video do you think there are any porn on shelf hmm this one's not going to hit with the audience i cannot even <laughs> imagine that that is there's like they didn't even. They, they don't have a sa- shelf. They <laughs> saved money on shelves because we don't have to buy a shelf. This is not gonna happen. So it's like, ooh, this one not so good. Put that on the yeah. shelf. <laughs> How bad does that have to be? They're watching. It's like, wow, we don't even know what to do with it. Like, you know, that one instance. I call your mom. Mom, I'm in the movie. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not coming out. It's a porn. I mean, no, it's yeah. They don't, they don't have shelves because people just don't care it's just like oh the story is not as good as in this one so we're gonna shell that one yeah rework it you know it's like oh okay reshoots um, we got josh whedon to come in yeah some reshoots going <laughs> <Exactly>. on <laughs> yeah vivid video it's just like i just don't know i guess they're making content but it's like the market for that like yeah for actual purchasing video i don't i don't know how it works but um, every time you go by, you're like, wow, it's an actual building still. Yeah. It's like brick and mortar. Yeah. You think, can't you do that from someone's house? I, mean, I, I guess you do, but yeah. it's like, it's not, I don't know if you need a whole apparatus to like run that, but maybe, I mean, maybe you do, maybe it's just and, and this money is making. A, and this thing. is our night naivety. We go over there and like, oh, this is a real studio. Yeah. Like we're just like shitting on it. Cause we're sitting there. It's like, why do you need so much space? And you go there and it's like, well, we're just servers and. 
We so, shoot this stuff. We're a production company. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> accounting department, development, yeah. all this. Yeah, because people have stuff. to get paid. So it's yeah. not like it's just some dude writing checks, but it's like we could so marginalize that. Yeah, it's like, I know. Isn't it just one guy? We make $20 billion a year. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you're real. <laughs> wow. Or whatever. I'm... <laughs> no, I mean, it could be. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they make. Even one billion is amazing. Um, or I guess even a half a billion a year. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> But yeah, they have no shelves. I love that we saved our butt. Do we need shelves? Why? Yeah, they, they look blank stare. Shell? Like what? Yeah, I don't. We have a pile of hard drives. Yeah. and <laughs> there's no shelves. I remember uh, at this party, some film students. I was a film student, and um, there was a guy there, and uh, he was from Playboy, the Playboy Channel. Oh, so okay. he was a producer, and so he sort of was like, "Hey, you know." Um, if you guys want to direct or write and direct, you know, some movies or at Playboy Channel, you can. He said, it's just all we ask is for every 30 minutes uh, that you have 17 minutes of sex. So, but you're free to do in those other 13 minutes, you're free to do whatever you want. Huh? But we just ask that we have 17 minutes of sex per 30 minutes. Who came up with the equation? Why is it 17? Like, I have it's no like, idea. Like 15's too short. 20 would just throw the movie right. off. But it's like, like 17. 17, like boardroom. Yeah, yeah, 17, it kicked it around the room. What 16, 16. Yeah. I don't know. Quit, shut up with your 20 minutes. Exactly. It's too much. <laughs> 17. Okay. You know, that's a bit Because, you know, they're for the... Uh, the porn aficionado who just for the discerning porn viewer yeah. who's not you know all sex yeah you know, because you know playboy does have some good articles yeah so it's like for that guy the guy who reads yeah. the articles look i don't want any more than 17 minutes every 30 minutes right wait how long is this movie yeah. <laughs> exactly like, uh, I'm, i just yeah. think about the tommy thing where there's definitely probably that ratio in his movie yeah um you know, and, and but I was just, I remember feeling, and all of us felt like, so like, ah, but I would never do play. It's like, no, it's yeah. like, it just felt like, you know, we had been violated or something. I'm a film student. I'm I a know. filmmaker. I don't it's do like, that. Exactly. We're, yeah. That's exactly what we As he gets in his brand doing. new car going, all right, well, it was good talking to totally, you. Totally. Like, totally oh. successful. <laughs> totally. You know, I mean, there's something in the back of your brain goes, hmm. But this guy's like, right now like yeah. you could do it like i'm the band like, let's like, go i can yeah i can get you in and it's like no i'd rather fight and slog for 15 years trying to get something made yeah. than to have that be my yeah. thing and you know you, you hear that and then you uh also hear older people who have been in the business been successful and they like take the job yeah so whatever the job is you take the job you take the job and we're like you know what? I got to find my voice. I got to make sure I come out the right way. And I can't, you know, I can't be pigeonholed to certain things. And I want to do this. And, you know, I'm going to change the industry because I'm, you know, I'm the game changer in all yeah. this. Cut to John in handcuffs going, right. three strikes. This is great. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I kept four strikes the movie. Um, <laughs> you know, like right now, if someone says, hey, you're going to do a sequel to three strikes, you know, I'd be like, when do we shoot you know <laughs> sure let's can I at least have some creativity on the poster right exactly That's about the only thing I'm, I'm i don't have a crazy writer i don't need green m&ms or anything but can i have final poster say 
Right. <laughs> and because you, you, I mean, look at, look at, not that he didn't have money because he had a lot of it. Uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah. Like his first movie. He made it because he wanted to make a movie. Right. That's it. Like he had the money. He always wanted to make a movie, I guess, but he wanted to make a movie. Yeah. And um, believed in himself enough to make it, made it, and it caught on. Mm-hmm. And it was a hit with people. You know, it wasn't like super breakout box office success, but it made money. It made money, and and it, and it got into the got his name into the like the landscape. You know, and quickly he became like this Hollywood guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like it. There's something to be said about going out there and just making something and not being the film student that just overthinks as well. I want to do because I definitely still am that, but I was. <laughs> And that, well, I want to, when I come out, I want to do this and I got to make sure it's this and this and that. And it's people tell you, no, just go out and do it. Yeah. Well, you don't know. You haven't been to film school. You don't know that you can't just go out and do it. But most of people who just go out and do it aren't going to do anything. But there are some people who just go out there and just make movies, get their name out there. Because a lot of it is marketing yourself and doing all that. And then they finally get somewhere. And then you can look back on their first thing and go oh that was kind of touch and go but now yeah you know they put themselves into the uh to the narrative and it's like i should be i should be doing that i shouldn't be like oh look at three strikes look at all these because then it's a life of just crapping on other stuff <laughs> right but what have you you know what yeah. have, what have i done that kind of thing and they don't have the i just don't have the capital to do everything that i want to do right, right now one of my instruct one of my professors at USC when I went in to talk about my budget for my uh, movie and was begging for money uh, that he he had uh, ties to you know and he's he's like a business guy like monogram shirts like lives in Beverly Hills why not had yeah, yeah definitely had a lot of success in television business degree from Harvard that type of guy he he was like I told him the budget, and he sort of mouth dropped, and he was like, uh, yeah. He's like, look, you can spend that money on the film. I think it was like almost 60K mm-hmm. for like a 12-minute film. And he's like, you can uh, you can spend that money on a film, but I guarantee you I don't care how much you spend mm-hmm. um, and what you do. Hollywood has more money, and, and they have – people in these positions that can do a much better job than you do and he's like so i wouldn't worry about production design and all that because mine was very production design heavy Mm -hmm. i'd worry about the story because that is you know what they're looking at they're looking at people who can tell stories who can move people they got the people who can you know production design your shit out of a movie but like person who can really tell stories in, in a moving way that's what they don't have so that's what you need to to work on um and it's it's amazing you know the one friend of mine who went to can and won the palm door um with his short film which i think was the first one to do that it was a black and white movie they spent 10 grand on about two japanese kids in a room mm-hmm. simple yeah. And it was like, it was really good. And it was like, he's like, you know what? I'm not spending more than 10. Um, I don't even know if he spent even 10, but he's yeah. like, 
that's it. You know, what everyone else, including me, is like, oh, I'm going to spend 30, 50, 60, 70. It just, it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, every time people say, you know, oh, it's a low budget movie, it's a low budget movie, it's like, well, the budget may be low, but it's not an excuse to not right. make something good. It's like, who's behind the. Who's behind the camera? Who's behind the wheel right. for this thing? So, um, for me, I have to use my own advice and <laughs> philosophy and just just do something and know that it's not going to be exactly what I want initially. Yeah. But like, at least the idea behind it or whatever is going to be enough to go. Hey, kind of like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, for what it, for what it's worth, I mean, it wasn't the most polished thing, but. You know, I assume you didn't have a million dollars to do it. Right. So, And your last name's not Eisner. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately. If I change my last name yeah, to Eisner, probably... Yeah. Then just go to the bank. Look, I'm John Eisner. Exactly. Now, so I just get money, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, we'll wrap up with this. Is must have thought about that during the production meeting yesterday when that whole airport thing came up. Remember oh, yeah. How, like, so we're sitting at a production meeting. Oddly, John and I are actually working together on we're the next together, thing. finally. So there's a scene in the show we're on where we're at an airport for attack. So it's three minutes mm-hmm. max at an airport. We're not going to an airport. We have no money. So set deck was going to build a little corner. Then it became, well, we should put green on it and do make a plate of an airport. So it looks like an airport. Mm-hmm. Then the creator of the show is like, can it just be a wall with a painted logo? And the set decorator, yeah, but that looks bad. It's like, but it's just a short scene. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and you just saw like his heartbreak because it was yeah. like, but we could make this real big corner. No, we just need a couple chairs and a wall painted. Yeah. And then I was just like, look, if it's a money thing, we'll just cut the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like his heart sank. Yeah. Oh, but, but but look at my renders. Yeah. And then they literally just went. Can't we just take this part right here yeah. <laughs> and just put it against the wall? Because ultimately, like, it is that thing. I get the point of what the writer's saying is it's what it represents more than what we're trying to sell. Yeah. We don't care that she's literally at an, a bus station, an airport. Or, yeah, yeah. It, it just matters that she's – we're buttoning the story of her leaving. So as long as you have a bench that looks like either at a bus station or an airport and a wall with, like, an airport poster – that's it. We just need the quick illusion right. that she's not at our set. And, it, and it's and not she, about the set. It's about this moment. And yeah. then when she gets up and grabs her bag, we're telling the story that she's packed and leaving. Yeah. And then we'll put an announcer going, the flight's here. Okay. Get up and go, that's all we're trying to do in this set guy. I mean, he's great for what he has to do with our location and everything. But it's like, no, I built this really cool corner and we'll have screens and you can put green in the back. and try- Yeah. No, just... Uh, just give me that bench in front of that wall, paint a blue stripe. Yeah. Oh. Because it's like, can't we just do that? And it was like, yeah, we can. <laughs> we yeah, can, but of it course. just looks bad. And he's like, yeah, we don't care. Yeah. Oh. So. And what's funny is he was there last year, so he kind of already knows how the show okay. works. But it was, a, it was just so. That idealistic, oh, man, look what I designed. Yeah, we just need the wall and the, the chairs. Yeah. I'm just go on. But it looks bad. We just need the wall and the, the chair. It's like, yeah, I envisioned the wall and the chair. <sighs> but I love his argument. But people will be disappointed when they get to that set. Have you not seen our location? <laughs> We're, no one cares. Yeah, it, it's, it's that one thing where I kind of feel for him because 
for for me when I make stuff, I would want every department. I only want to do stuff where every department has sort of free reign or has a, an opportunity to mm. just go crazy and just be really creative. Yeah. And I think someone in that position, it's a very creative position. Yeah. So you want to go obviously put your best foot forward and you want to stack your portfolio and you want to go, hey, here's my contribution and I want to make sure I'm, you know, selling this thing. Um, Cause this is the way I envision yeah. it. And then when you say, Oh, can't we just get like a sort of a quote unquote dumbed down version of what you did this, put this wall here, put this, put a paint up uh, a little runner and then boom, we're done. Can we just do that? Pop in, pop out. Well, and I easy day. And the thing is though, yes, he did his part where it's like, look, I designed a big one and I designed a little one, but yeah, he was trying to make it do the best he can to portray an airport. But if you really read the scene, I think there's one line of dialogue. It's, it's not. It, it's not much. Yeah. It's just a a shot of the person at an airport. We'll hear the announcer. Gets up, leaves. That's it. It's. But I also love <laughs> the creator. Like, look, I don't know if this costs money, but we'll just cut it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, all right. They're like, oh, <clears throat> all right. What if you put yeah. it that way? <laughs> yeah. So that's how you get your heart broken. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And and that's that's just it's i wish people could see that you know in action because it's just it's like anything that you have to uh any sort of project that you have a certain budget and you have to continue to go but like it's constant compromise constant um every day every minute it's like well how much is this going to cost you know uh, looking down the road we can save money here on this i'm cool with that and if i'm the creator if i'm if i say i'm cool with just not having it or yeah. having like a dumbed down version i mean that's kind of it yeah know? and i did like his it wasn't like he was arguing the point like no yeah he was just like well i just wanted it to look good we get that we're fine okay yeah because ultimately it's their decision yeah look we just want a dumb wall okay and that's that's what you get i mean yeah and then you just move on to the next thing i mean i just remember maybe it was a time where marshall was like well maybe we could do maybe we can Maybe we can do this and like so i was definitely like that yeah. after film school and so i used to sort of tell marshall oh but maybe we should do this and, maybe, and then we could he's like look the ep wanted it this way it's not our job to do this plus we got to get shows out we got to. Yeah. all i need is a decision and so i can move on that and i can get you know make our uh, delivery times yeah that's it and i was like oh but that's such a terrible attitude we really need to make sure this thing is the yeah. best it can be now as like i understand it's like i need answers yeah well, do you want this oh but maybe it's not i don't care you know i in my in my own head it could be another way i'll do that on my show this person wants it this way unless it's something like well i don't think that makes sense or just bring some sort of uh uh point up yeah but otherwise it's like i got a decision okay great then we can move on to something else yeah because you know nothing is worse than someone well let's see it again let's do this let's do after they had made a decision yeah and going back because posts a lot of posts is going back and back and back yeah so i don't know um i just hope though when we start locking that episode it doesn't look like a real airport wonder why we didn't do anything (laughs) it's like oh i have a note right here but i won't bring that yeah exactly (laughs) and then eventually we'll have to put in something in the background right but we didn't shoot it green all right whatever no 
already out of budget. So can can you do it? Yeah, yeah we we could we could do anything, but we don't have any money. That's basically welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that was post-apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. Take it easy. Thank you.